I want to welcome you once again to this table of the Lord where we come to eat and to partake of the communion of his word. May the Lord bless us in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. And today by God's grace we are writing up the thing we have started for some time, the series uh, which I have called The Junction of Life. The Junction of Life. We have looked at the part one, part two and part three of this uh, series. And by God's grace today, we'll be looking at part four of this series. And our anchor scripture has been Matthew chapter 8 from verse 28 downwards. And when he was come to the other side, into the country of the Gagisans, there met him to possess with devils, coming out of the tombs, as in the fierce, so that no man may pass that way. And behold, they cried out, saying, What are we to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God? And thou come eater to torment us before the time. And there was a good way off from them, a herd of many swine feeding. So the devils besought him, saying, If thou cast us out, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said unto them, Go. And when they were come out, they went into the herd of swine. And behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea and perished in the waters. And they that kept them fled and went their ways into the city and told everything and what was befalling to the possessed of the devils. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they besought him that he would depart out of their coast. Amen. And like we have been looking at from part one of, uh, of this series, when we look at uh, verse 28, it says, when he was come to the other side, into the country of the Gagas, India met him two possessed with devils. There were these two men that were possessed with devils, very cruel indeed. They were coming out of the tombs, and they were exceeding fierce, so fierce, so that no man may pass that way. And we've been able to establish the fact that initially there was a way there, but these devils, they stopped people from passing that way. This devil, these powers, even at this very junction, they don't allow anyone to cross over again. And in part one, we look at a man at this junction. What will he do? I've been making some progress in the journey of his life. I got to this junction to find out that these powers were there. And the first thing, part one, he will have done is for the man to go back. And in part two, we look at the fact that the man may still be at that one spot thinking about what to do. And in the part three, we look at the man may decide to take another route, a longer route, an opposite direction, in the opposite direction of his calling. And today, we want to look at the fourth possibility. What is the fourth possibility? Is the fact that, yes, the man may decide to move forward, to go on. Despite these powers, despite these hindrances, Despite this barrier and obstacles, the man is saying, I am what? I am moving forward. I am going forward. And when we look at the issue of um, the Israel in the wilderness, I have looked at in our past uh, series, um, Moses sent two, I mean, 12 of them to go and spy out the land of Canaan. And when they came back, uh, 10 of them gave a bad report of that land but 
Joshua and Caleb. They said, no. Yes, what well, indeed, what we saw was real. But we want to believe the report of our God. What has our God told us concerning this land? And when we look at verse 6 of Numbers chapter 14, the scripture says, And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, wrenched their clothes. And they spake unto the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Can you see? Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land. For they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Fear them not. I love that. You can see the conditions that these two men gave unto the others, or even to the congregation of Israel. Number one, do not rebel against God. Two, do not fear the people of the land. Why? Because they are bread for us. And also, their defense, the defense of these people, whatever they have trusted, their protection has been departed from them. And also, the Lord is with us. Then, fear them not. Fear them not. Can we see now? This is the heart of a man who is an overcomer. A man who does not look at the barrier. Yes, the barrier may be there, the hindrance may be there, the giants may be there, which is true. The walls may be there, but they have seen something greater and something better. And that is what they said. They said, our Lord is with us. We carry our God. Our God has promised us to give us the land. We are not going back. We are not taking another route. And we are living even this Kadesh Bani where we have been. We are moving forward. We are moving forward. The song says, we are moving forward. Hallelujah. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 6 says, if the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us. The land is flowing with what? Milk and honey. Beloved, Despite the powers at this junction of your life, it is still possible to make it and to reach your goal and to cross over. The only thing like Caleb and Joshua said here, and the Lord is with us. What we only need is to carry God along with us even in this journey. Where we carry him with us. Come and look at it for many years. Men have not been able to pass that way. The place has become redundant. The road has been blocked. No man can pass even that way again. Why? Because of these powers. But one day, a man came around. A man showed up the way himself. The scripture says, John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The one who is the way, even show up that day and he opened the way. Amen.
the way maker came that day and he opened the way. And from that day on, men were able to pass that way. The roots that belong abandoned by men, that day the roots was opened. And men now began to pass. They were not taking another route again, but this short route unto their destiny and their destination. Beloved, God has called us in Christ Jesus to be barrier breakers and line crossers. What are the ancient barriers? What are the ancient lines that have not afforded us the opportunity even to cross over as we want to cross over? As we are making effort to cross over, these lines and barriers, they are there. But today, we have to come as barrier breakers and line crossers. And I pray every ancient barrier and line that he to hinder us from crossing over. Today, they shall be removed in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. And to many of us, just like Caleb and um, Joshua said here, Fear them not. Do not fear these powers. Do not look at them. Look at, do not look at their faces. Yes, they may be high. They may be tall. The walls may be high. The walls may be big, may be wide. Yes, the giants may be high. So fearsome and scary. Their look again is, is alone is able to terrify a man. They are not that those ones. They are not enough to scare us. Ah, I will die. Hey, we will die. Just like what the people say. Well, we are, we are doing none, we are there no graves even uh, in Egypt. Why you have brought us into this wilderness to perish and to die? Oh, so also some of us. If I make this attempt, I may die. Something may happen. There may be one tragedy or the other that may be for me. But thank God, Joshua and Caleb, they turned. Even their own tragedy or to triumph. No death at all. And come and look at Esther. When the destiny of her people was put at stake in that foreign land. And Esther got to know about the whole plot concerning the destruction of, his, of her people. And what they should do. When we look at the book of Esther, chapter 4, verse 16. Esther 4, verse 16. She told her people, say, Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan. Shushan here in the palace here, go gather all of them together and fast ye for me. And neither eat nor drink three days, nights or day. I also am a maidens with fast likewise. And so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. It's not according to the law for me to go and see the king. Not even in this moment in time. I, if I perish, I perish. Men like that have made such resolution. Men like that, even in generations, have come to this resolve. They were not, and they will never perish. If I perish, I perish. And the end of the story is that this woman did not perish. Neither her people perished. He took, she took that boldness and said, let me go 
I will go before the presence of this king. Whatever happens, let it happen. Why are you fearful? Why are you afraid? I look at the three Hebrews. When that king, King Nebuchadnezzar, set up that great idol and commanded every nation, every whatever tongue. Now, anytime you hear the sound of the trumpet, you must do what? You must bow. <laughs> but this one's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The men who knew their God, bluntly they told the king, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fairy furnace that you have set, and you have set up, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. We are not going to bow down unto this God or to this idol. No, we have a God. And his name is Jehovah. Verse 18 says, But if not, if God will not deliver us, if our God will not deliver us, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. They refuse to bow down to the gods of the land. And what happened? Even they put their life on the line. As if they will die, as if they will perish, but eventually God was glorified. They did, they did not. Come and look at our Jesus on the cross. It's as if that will be the end of this man of Calvary. And the devil, in his whatever his wisdom, his ingenuity, his schemes, his wise and devices, summoned everything against Christ and he was nailed to the cross eventually as if that would be the end but lo and behold on the third day he rose again the scripture even says that if the gods of this world they knew that that would be the death of Christ would be the victory the victory over them they wouldn't have allowed him to go to the cross at all beloved God some of college today stop looking at the barriers stop looking at the problem no matter how great the problem may be. If David uh, look at how mighty the obstacles are that the Goliath has brought before him, he wouldn't have gone at all. He wouldn't have made the step at all. But there's somebody greater than Goliath that he's seen. And he was able to confront that great challenge. What is the challenge confronting you? Beloved, from now, begin to tie your challenge, your mountain, how great your God is. Stop telling God how great your mountain is. And after all, we find that even God has been waiting. He has been waiting for you to take that step. Why you carry him along? He's waiting. He has been waiting for you. You are the one who has been dragging feet, dragging feet all this way, and it's as if that God, we have incapacitated God. Yes, we make God as if God cannot do it. We make God and we paralyze, we weaken and we limit even the hand of God as if God is not able by our actions. The book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 says, 
ye are of God. Little children, I welcome them. Hmm. Because greater he is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The greater one lives inside of you. Do not look at the giants. Yes, they are real and they are there. Neither the high walls, but look upon the word of the Lord, that the land is filled with milk and honey. We are able. This man, they had the able spirit. Caleb had, the Bible says, he had another spirit. What is the spirit? The, the, the spirit of able. We are able spirit. We are able. We are able. The spirit is able to confess his ability in God, not what the enemy is doing, not what is happening, not the challenge, but the spirit is able to confess. Yes, his ability of what his God can do and can accomplish. That song says, We are able to go up and take that country, to possess the land from Jordan to the sea. Do the giants may be on our way to hinder God will surely give us victory. Though the giants may be on our way to hinder, God will give us victory. And that victory shall be yours today in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God has been waiting for you and I. Keep moving. Keep moving. The best person that can be controlled, that can be Guided in any journey is a person who is in the journey. The one who has taken step and is moving in the journey. The one who is just in somewhere doing nothing, not taking any step. You, you cannot guide such a person. But somebody who is already just like a car. It's easier to turn the scenery of a moving car. But a parked car, a car just in one spot, if you are trying to turn the channel of that car, it will, be, it, can, it will be stiff a bit. It will be stiff. But a car that is already moving, it is easier to turn its steering. To guide somebody who is already on the way is easier. And that is why Eliezer, that great servant of Abraham, when Abraham told him, go and get for me a wife, for my son Isaac. And after the whole thing, by the time he got there, he was now narrating his journey to those people where he got into that land. And he said something very fascinating, very interesting in the book of Genesis, chapter 24, verse 27. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who has not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. This is where I'm going now. It says, I be in the way the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. I be in the way the Lord led me. While I was in the way and I was going on the way, the Lord now was me what was leading me. Don't be afraid to take the step. You just take that first step and see what will happen. Pick your pen and your paper begin to write. Wake up in the middle of the night. That song says something. Let the composition begin to flow. Don't wait until you have everything that you need. No, just take the initial step. And the Jordan will be parted. 
Amen. I be in the way the Lord led me. Do you know that even a blind man can go, can move from where he is to any part of the world? Even a blind man, as he decides to take the first step. And the first step will not lead to another step. One way or the other, we find that the man is moving. Even though blind, he will get help somewhere. This is where I'm going. They will put him inside the car. And from there, where, where you go, where you get there, somebody give it to another person, into another car. And eventually, you find that this man will get to where you, even though the man is blind. Why? Because he has taken the initial step to move forward. And the only way a bicycle can maintain its stability is to keep moving. Beloved, keep moving. Take the initial step today. And keep moving. Yes, I'm not saying the challenges are not there, they are there, but keep moving. No matter how steep the challenges may be, no matter how great the mountain may be, you keep moving. The Lord Himself, who is the way, will begin to shine it. Yes, the way for you until you finally cross over to the other side. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me say from the passage that we have been reading that the book of Matthew chapter 8, that the ultimate intention of the devil was to destroy a man. Look at that man with that legion of demons in him. And when those demons were not asked to go inside the herd of swine, the scripture said they ran violently into the sea and they perished. Which means the ultimate intention of any demon, any power, any possession of any spirit which is not of God is to destroy the man, the host man. But thank God, we have a master. We have a savior, Jesus Christ the Lord. It was written of him, the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 10, verse 38. Our God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were possessed of the devil. For God was with him. He was going about doing good. How devilish is this devil? Who is so evil in all his ways? But we have Jesus. According to John chapter 10 verse 10, he said, the thief cometh. The reason why the thief, the enemy has come, the devil has come, is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He said, but I am come that he may have life and have him more abundantly. Have you been disturbed by these demons, by this power, by this devil? Today, Jesus, the restoration of the life, the carrier of the solution of your life is around. I will grant you solution in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus and these powers that have been become a barrier upon your life for moving forward today, these powers have been broken to pieces in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come and look at it. The Bible says in the book of uh, that Mark chapter 5 verse 4, there is a, this is a parallel passage of what you have been reading in that book of uh, Matthew. Uh, the scripture says in that chapter 5, when we look at that verse 4 of that uh, Mark chapter 4, it says because that he had often be bound with fetters. This is the man uh, with those uh, demons now. Uh, and chains. The man be bound with fetters and uh, even with chains, with shackles. And have been plucked asunder by him. 
it used to pull apart those chains, cut them off. Even when the fetters broke in pieces, and that could any man tame him. No man could tame this man. Any attempt to, to tie him, even with chains, we just broke those break those things into pieces. But that day, the chain breaker came around, and the man surrendered unto him. When your challenge today, when they behold the master, when they see Jesus, they will bow before him in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. And that will command your release in the name of Jesus Christ. And that day, the devil recognized him to be the son of God. And what does it mean? It means he's sovereign over every physical ailment and over our circumstances, over the powers of nature, over the evil mysteries of Satan, over sin. His master, he had an MSC, master over situations and circumstances. And let me say this Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Mark 4, 35. It says about, without a parable, Mark 5, chapter, Mark 4, chapter 35. Mark 4, 35. And the same day when the evil was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. Jesus told his disciples, Let's pass over to the other side. And I've been looking concerning this passing over to the other side. This journey from uh, Egypt passing to the other side unto Canaan. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were with him also other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on the pillow. And they awake him, and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great Come, beloved of God, what are we saying? Let us cross over onto the other side. It was Jesus himself that said we should cross over to the other side. Yes, come to think of it, humanly speaking, we should have thought that they shouldn't have experienced any storm on the sea because it was the master. Didn't he know that there would be a storm? Why should he say that we should pass over, cross over to the other side, and now there is a storm? For the Father, God commanded it that we should press, I mean, pass over and cross over. It does not mean that there will not be challenges. The challenges will come, they are part of the journey. But the storm on the sea is never the last bus stop. I come to look at it. The crossing over to the other side is the shorter route to the place where they were going. Where it would have been possible. Ah, because of uh, with them a be storm on the sea, let's go by land. They may now have to meander through a longer route for them to get to the other side. Yes, that route may not may not have may not put propose any challenge, may not pose any problem, mm, may be safe. But beloved of God, the shorter route is the best way for you to cross to the other side. Yes, that shorter route we may have some challenges. On that shorter route, things may want to post, post some threat onto you, onto the calling, 
unto the purpose, unto your very life. But if it is the master that says, let's cross over, you can be rest assured. And for the fact that if you carry him along, even while going to the other side, while crossing to the other side, you can be sure that there will be safe landing. No matter how terrific even the storm may be. Once it's inside the boat, I can show you that your successful voyage is guaranteed. And that is what God was trying to, to do, accomplish for Israel. But God found out that, no, these people that have been in Egypt for so long a time, they have lost contact with even this God. Do they, do they even know how much of me do they even know? And God had to decide otherwise. Because that scripture uh, Exodus chapter 13, verse 17 says something. I want us to look at that. And it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God let them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near, although that was shorter. God would have led them even through the land of the Philistines. But why did God not lead them through that place? For God said, lest by adventure the people repent, when they see war and they return to Egypt, it's shorter. If I allow them to go through, through this uh, uh, route, by the time they begin to face one challenge or the other, this people they will return back to Egypt. So God had to make them to go by another route, even though that place was shorter. Beloved God, don't believe, believe God for what he can do. Believe him as the all-knowing, all-powerful. Yes, to be able to take care of your challenges because most times our fears, our doubts, our unbelief has made us to begin to go the longer route. And this has taken a lot of time and has brought a lot of weight, a lot of risk, yes, upon our lives. And that's as if, are we going to make it? Are we going to get there? A lot of things happen in our wilderness. The best of God has been for us to go the shorter way. But being who we are has prolonged even our journey. And let me say, we are called to Canaan. We are called unto the other side. We are never called unto the wilderness. We are not called unto that storm in the sea. We are not called to the sea. We are not called to the waves of the sea. They are only in our passage to the place of our destiny. The place of our calling or purpose. Ultimately, even heaven. Why will we die and waste our time even in the wilderness? Even why will we allow this storm to carry us away? Why don't we believe the master? The master who is able even to help us, to deliver us, to scale us through, even upon that storm. Our destination is not the storm. Our destination is not the wilderness. It's to the other side, it's to Canaan. So let us be aware and keep any in view why? Because it will soon be over. The challenge will soon expire. Whatever we are going through, the tribulation will soon expire. And our sun is going to shine again. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. What shall we do now? One is to acknowledge the Lordship of Christ over your life. Acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus, of this master over your life. It's not a journey you can walk alone. You can go alone. No. You have to acknowledge this master over your life. The book of Romans chapter 10 verse 13 and 14 says, 
Romans 10, 13 and 14. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There is a need to call upon the name of the Lord and acknowledge him, accept him into your life today. And by the time you begin to call upon him, salvation is guaranteed. Verse 14 says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Amen. And let me take that scripture back one now. Say, how shall they hear without a preacher? Now you have heard me now from the mouth of the preacher. That one is settled now. You have heard the word from the preacher. And the next to it says, how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? You have heard now. The next thing for you now is to believe. I want to take it backward another step. Say, how shall they call on him? In whom they have not believed. Since you have believed now, then you can call on him. Initially, you cannot call on him because of, because of not believe him. But now you should not believe him. Believe on his name, confessing your sin, acknowledging your sin, and ask him, yes, to, to blot away your sin, to forgive your sin. I will not repent genuinely. I will not believe on him. Then you now can begin to call on him because you have believed him. And because you have believed him now, Verse 13 says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever that believe and call upon his name shall be saved. And this is your sure guarantee for your salvation. This is your sure anchor for your salvation. Number two is to go into prayer and fasting. Just like Esther did. Gather all the Jews in this palace with me. Let's pray our fast for three days and three nights. And at the end of that prayer of fasting, it was victory. Another thing you can also do is to also discern and shun every form of compromise to your divine destiny. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said... We are not going to bow down to the God of this land. Do not bow down to the gods of this land. Do not compromise your stand with the gods of this land. The gods of the world. The God of money, of power, of prestige, of pleasure, of food. Do not bow unto them. Remember Esau. He bowed unto food, unto pleasure. And that was it. His fate, his destiny was sealed. Beloved, you also have a birthright today. Don't allow anybody to take your birthright. By the virtue of your position in Christ, you always have your own birthright. Do not allow the enemy, do not allow any compromise of this world to take from you your birthright and your blessing. A just like a boy, a little boy or a little girl, who was holding on to a 1,000 Naira currency. And every effort had been made to collect this 1,000 Naira from this boy, this little boy, all to no avail. And somebody just went somewhere and just went to buy a 10 Naira baseball and not flash this 10 Naira baseball before this uh, little boy. What happened? Because of this little uh, 10 Naira baseball, he attracted this little boy and collect this 
baseball. This is 10 naira baseball. And as he was collecting that 10 naira baseball, the adult is collecting what? The 1,000 naira from him. Do not allow anything to exchange that thing which God has given unto you. Your heritage, your inheritance in Christ, your greatness. Yes, do not allow anything whatsoever to exchange it. What you carry is much more than what the enemy is flashing before you. And also, step out in faith. Show timidity. Paul told his son, Timothy. He said, oh, my son, Timothy. I want us to look at that in the book of uh, Timothy. Chapter 1. 2 uh, Timothy chapter 1. We are going to read verse 6 and 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1. I want us to look at verse 6 and 7 there. This is an advice of Paul to his son, Timothy. Say, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. When I lay my hands on you, there were some gifts that were imparted into your life. But it's as if nothing had been done. Paul had been expecting that this uh, gift in the life of uh, Timothy will have come to manifestation. People have been saying that something is manifesting in the life of Timothy. But for some time now, Paul has not been able to see any demonstration of this gift that been imparted upon him. And he now wrote verse 7, says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of excitement. Fear here can be interpreted Timidity. God has not given us the spirit of a timidity. Timothy, don't be timid concerning the gift of God in your life. The gifts are already there in pattern to the lives of this young man. But he did not do anything concerning it. He did not exercise it. He did not find it to flame. And so the gift remained dormant in his life. What am I trying to say? Beloved, take a step of faith. And Joshua, God told Joshua after the death of Moses, and God told him, in that book of, let's look at the book of Joshua chapter 1. When we look at verse 1, let me read from verse 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise. Why must you arise? Because the work has to continue. Yes, my servant is gone. My minister is God, but the ministry must continue. Go over this Jordan now and all these people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the soul of your foolish shall tread upon, this is what God has told him, the promise of God concerning him, that, that have I given unto you as I said unto Moses. Told him, in that verse 4, told him even the boundary of the land that God was going to give him. And verse 5 now says, There shall not in any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Verse 6 now says, Be strong and of a good courage. Be strong and of a good courage. God was encouraging the young man. When we look at uh, the enormity, the vastness, the bigness of the assignment before him, there's tendency for the young man to be afraid, to be a little bit timid. How am I going to do it? Ah, great Moses is gone. Me, this little boy, God now encouraged him, be strong and of a good courage. Verse 7, also, God repeated it and emphasized it. Only be thou strong 
and very courageous. Only be thou strong and thou and be thou very what? Courageous. Can we see now? Verse 9. See the same thing. I have not I commanded it. Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whether thou whether thou swever grace. Can you see? Three times in that chapter one of the book of Joshua, God told him, Be strong and of a good courage. And when we look at the latter parts, even the last verse of that same chapter, after he had gathered the men, and the men now came unto him, and they now told him, let's look at verse 17, they said, According as we hearken unto Moses in all things, so we will hearken unto thee. Only the Lord thy God be with thee as he was with Moses. Can you see? These are the people talking to him now. And verse 18 now says, Whosoever he, he be that doeth, that does rebel against the commandments, and will not hearken unto thy words in all that thou commandest him, he shall be put to death. Then the last thing there, only be strong and of a good courage. Three times by God, one time by man. That's tendency for one for you to be watching, to be timid. When you look at the assignment, me, small boy like me, you just start somewhere. Be strong, be encouraged. The Lord is with you. And that is the able spirit that Joshua, this Joshua we are talking about here, and Caleb they had. And come, come to look at it, Joshua and Jesus, they are the same. They are of the same what the same meaning. It's only that Joshua is was in this, this uh, Old Testament, that is um, Hebrew, while the Greek of Joshua is Jesus, the Savior of his people. Amen. Let us carry this speech with us. Not the chicken spirit, not the grasshopper spirit. The people say that we are like we are in our own sight, like grasshoppers. Those people that, that gave bad reports, we are in our own sight, like grasshoppers unto the people. No, let us carry the ego spirit, the, the spirit of the victor and the overcomer, and the one that is more than conquerors. Amen. And also regularly, let us remind God. Let's regularly what remind God of what He has said. God will need to tell and command um, Moses to allow the people to go and spy out the land. Why? It's as if for so long years they have spent in that wilderness, as if they are, they are losing focus of where? Of Canaan. Because of all they have faced, all the challenges, everything that already is as if the whole thing is becoming dwindling. Is it possible? Is it this true of, uh, I mean, at all? So God has to allow them. Well, go and spare the land. Go and look at the land that I say I will give unto you to know that indeed I am true and also faithful. So the same thing happened here. Joshua too had to remind. He reminded uh, um, Caleb reminded Joshua. In Joshua chapter 14 verse 9, and Moses uh, swear on that day saying, this is Caleb Telling Joshua, remember what Moses said. Surely the land where thy faith have trodden shall be thy inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord thy God. That is Caleb now reminding what Joshua, not Moses, said concerning them. That is Joshua and Caleb now. And now behold, the Lord has held me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses. 
while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day forty-four score and five years old. That is eighty-five years old. As yet as I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain, give me this mountain, of which Moses then promised, give me the mountain. Consider how many years have passed now. But Caleb went to Joshua to go and remind him of what Moses said. Can you see? We are of the Lord speaking that day. For thou hardest in that day, you had it yourself that day, how the Anakims were there and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out. As the Lord said, and Joshua blessed him, he blessed uh, Caleb, and gave unto Caleb the son of Jephne, Hebron, for an inheritance. There's a need for us and you and myself to regularly remind God of his promise, of what he has said. God is never a liar, he's a covenant keeper. So let us always keep our gaze on the reward unto our Canaan. No matter what, let us shun every form of distraction. We should not allow any distractions, not allow any challenge, any ridicule, any opposition or rejection, any shame, any embarrassment. We should not allow any diversion whatsoever to do what? To move our gaze from our reward, from our Canaan. No matter the challenges, no matter what we are going through, the storm, the turbulence, let us keep our gaze and look at Jesus Christ. He passed through of whatever we are passing through today, he passed through them all. And when we look at the Hebrew, book of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, Hebrews 12, 2, the scripture says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, because of the joy, the reward, it was looking ahead of him. Yes, why? Because he knew that this joy will soon be his, even one day. Because of that joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He endured the shame. He despised the shame. When they were beating him, they were spitting uh, at him. Every manner of ridic ridiculous thing uh, um, unto him. You know, he said that if it's possible for me, I will have called a legion of angels to come and do what? To come and you know, rescue me and fight for me. And he was going through all those ones, all those things. And because of what? Because of the joy, joy that was set before him. And he sat down at the right end of the throne of God. The Lord do allow whatever any man may be doing unto you to affect you. Oh, I will fight. Oh, you want to revenge? Oh, you want to fight back? Oh, those are distractions. They will only cause you to be stagnant. They will only cause you to be stranded. You will not make, you will not make any edge You will not move forward. They are only plot of the enemy of Satan. They are only his devices eh, to grant you. Shun everything. Whenever, whatever any mama have done unto you, whatever... Any, any form of offense, forgive and release everything, release everyone. Amen. Because they are all part of the journey. They are all part of your passage for the journey in crossing to the other side. They are all part of the turbulence. They are all part of what we go through. 
in crossing to the other side. Look at what we have read concerning Jesus here now. Eh? He endured. Look, don't worry. Continue to enjoy. We will get there one day. <laughs> Amen. And I love to share this scripture. That is book of um, First Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2. Let's look uh, at verse 23 there. <laughs> and the Bible says, Who, when he was revived, that was talking about Christ now, revived not again. Can you see? When he suffered, he threatened not. He's not threatening them. Don't you know me? I am this. I am that. I will show you. You. Who are you? <laughs> but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. I love that. Just commit everything unto God. The God who is able to judge rightly. Eh? Judge righteously. Commit every offense unto him. Don't fight back anything at all. Don't show anybody anything at all. Just allow God. Eh? If you say we want to sit down with people and you want to begin to deal with them according to their offense against you, beloved God, you will never move forward. They are all distractions and diversions. But only this caution I want you to have. The Bible says, that's First Peter chapter 4, verse 15. But let none of you suffer as a mother. Make sure that this thing that you are enduring, this suffering that you are going through, you are not going through as a sinner. You are not going through as a murderer. That is the difference now. Or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Don't say that you are suffering because of your purpose, because of your destiny, and you are a sinner. You could be suffering I mean, as a result of your sin. So let's get that one right. Verse 16 says, Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, the one who has a purpose as a little Christ, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Amen. Verse 19, the last verse of that chapter 4, verse, uh, First Peter says, Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God. Those that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Amen. God is faithful. He will bring his word to pass. He will accomplish his great promises concerning your life. That is it. You just enjoy it. Don't allow any distraction. Don't allow the turbulence. Don't allow whatever any man will say. Ah, you, don't you know me? It's, it's you. You can talk to me like this. Just shun. Shun all those things. Disgrad everything. Why? Because you have a place that you are going. <laughs> Amen. And lastly, let me advise. Now begin to rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. And that is what the scripture says in the book of uh, First Thessalonians, chapter five, verse sixteen. It says, "Beloved, do what? Rejoice evermore." And beloved of God, as you do all this. I can see God working on your behalf. I can see you making it. I can see your sun shining again. You are falling before. Rise up. A righteous man will fall seven times and he will rise up. Rise up. Whatever failure you may have had in the past, let me say, those failures, they are just back door onto sources. Shake yourself off every dust and carry yourself and you with God now, like we said, carry him, the way maker himself, and begin to move. No matter the storm, it will steal it, and there will be great calm. 
and your destiny and your life will not begin to have the very meaning which God has ordered in right from the beginning. And I pray as we begin to take note of all this, may the Lord bless you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. The Christ that you have accepted, you have allowed in your heart today, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, will see you through. His power will see you through. Yes, His Spirit will see you through. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, God will go ahead of you. He will fight your battle. Yes, He will fight your battle and He will win that battle for you. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus, because you're so advocate, it will plead your cause where you are, where you are not. It will plead your cause for you. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, He that justifies me is near. He will justify you before your accusers. Whether you are there or not, in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I will say to you, in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the book of First uh, Peter, chapter 5, verse 10, says, First Peter, chapter 5, Verse 10. This is something very interesting. I want us to look at. Say, but the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered for a while, after you have suffered a while, all the suffering is just for a while. It's just for a little moment. Just for a little time. It's not forever. It will soon expire. And it will make you perfect, establish and strengthen you and set you. It will make you perfect establish you, strengthen you, and say to you, can you see now, after you have suffered a little while, after the storm is over, you shall be perfected, you shall be established, you shall be strengthened, and you shall be finally settled. And this will be your testimony in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I can't wait any longer to hear your testimony of the goodness and the faithfulness of the Lord our God upon your life and destiny. Amen. Blessed in Jesus' name. I am your brother, Sunday Akimoladu. I can be reached on 